welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and our guest today is Chris Work. He's a young adult cancer survivor, a patient advocate and global health coach, and the best-selling author of the book, Chris Beat Cancer, a comprehensive plan for healing naturally. Welcome. Thank you, Tom. Welcome back, Chris. And for those of you who did not hear last week's podcast, please listen to that first. Um, Chris Wark is a young cancer survivor, developed stage three colon cancer in 2003 when he was just 26 years old. It had broken through the bowel wall, which is not a good sign, especially with abdominal cancer, especially with anti adenocarcinoma. It had gone to his lymph nodes. And they removed the cancer and wanted to do a lot of chemotherapy with him. And what we discussed in the last podcast is somehow he did not want to do that. He figured out a way to connect to his own capacity to heal. And now in 2021, he's not only doing well, he is thriving, married, two beautiful daughters. I saw the pictures on the website. And so Chris has dedicated his life to helping people heal. And from my perspective, it took me a while to learn this as a surgeon, is that the ideas that you do to heal cancer are the same concepts of healing any chronic disease, including mental and physical, but also including chronic pain. So Chris, welcome back. I'm looking forward to hearing some of the things that you were able to figure out in your own experience. And obviously the success is sitting right in front of us. We're talking to each other. So uh, welcome back. Thank you. And yeah, I'm approaching my 18 year cancerversary. I am cancer free in the best shape of my life and uh, definitely thriving. And um, it's good to be alive. And how old, how old are your daughters? My daughters are now 16 and 13. Okay, great. Well, anyway, congratulations on many, many different levels. So um, Chris, can you just give, give us a one minute summary of just what happened back in 2003, and then we'll go yep. into actually what we did to actually keep you here. Yeah, so obviously I, I was having abdominal pain, had a, had a colonoscopy, they found a tumor, I had surgery, and then they recommended nine to 12 months of chemotherapy. And I prayed and asked God to show me another way. And I got a book that was written by a man who had healed his colon cancer without surgery or chemo or radiation. And that inspired me to change my whole life. And I started on this journey of uh, discovery, of self-discovery. And uh, I was, to me, it was very exciting and empowering to realize that, oh, wait a second, I can change my life. I can make improvements to my life that can help my body heal, that can help me survive. I don't have to be a powerless victim of disease, which is how so many cancer patients feel. And they're made to feel that way. They're told, oh, it's nothing you did. No, you don't need to change your diet. No, don't get on the internet. Just make sure you show up for treatment. And there are, there are reams of published studies on the root causes of chronic disease, cancer right. being one of them. Correct. And so what I started to learn is I went from book to book to book to book, reading uh, books by doctors, by cancer survivors, by other you know researchers and experts and in the health and wellness world. And my mom turns out had a huge library of health and wellness books that she had read dating back to the 1970s on natural health and healing and nutrition and mindset, attitude, stress. 
And so as I devoured all this information, I, I was trying to put it to practice in my life. But the very first thing I did was change my diet. Overnight, okay. I went from eating standard processed food, Western diet, which when you look around the world and compare the American diet to the diets of people in China or a rural Africa or uh, the Middle East, they have much lower rates of cancer. The rate of colon cancer in sub-Saharan Africa, 50 times lower than the US. 50 times? 50 times lower. Wow. And so there's a great uh, resource called Globocan. It's an online database where you can look at all the different cancer rates in every country, male and female, look at by cancer type. And you will see shockingly that most, there's you know many, many countries around the world that have very low cancer rates compared to the US. Mexico has half the rate of cancer of the US. Why is that, right? It's, it's not geographic. So right. as you, as you, if you go down this rabbit hole, as I did, and as I talk about in my first book, Chris Beat Cancer, um, the diet and lifestyle factors and stress are huge. They're, they are the reason that these cultures have low rates of cancer. And so I converted to an all raw food diet, fruits and vegetables, and I just thought, I got obsessed with this idea of overdosing on nutrition. I wanted to flood my body with as much vital nutrients as I could every single day because I had an inherent belief that it would be good for me, right? I, I believed it would be good. I knew this cannot be bad, right? More broccoli cannot be bad. And so, so that was the first change I made and I made it overnight. I mean, that was an overnight shift from McDonald's, Burger King, Subway, Pizza Hut, Wendy's, KFC, right? Fast food, junk food, processed food, eating on the run, eating as fast as possible, just because I was so busy with my life that food was not a priority. Just does it taste good? Great. Can I shovel it in? Great. As you said, with, you know, surgeons, the same way, a lot of doctors, most people, right? This is how most people eat. So I shifted from that to actually taking the time to going to the grocery store to picking out my produce uh, right once a week to preparing my meals and to sitting down and eating them right and you can't and i was eating giant bowls full of vegetables giant salads which i've become become kind of famous for the giant cancer fighting salad and that took a, that took some time to eat you couldn't shovel it in you had to really chew it up you know? right right and so i ate that twice a day and i was juicing and drinking about 64 ounces of vegetable juice every day and I found a naturopathic doctor and an integrative oncologist that supported me uh, in my journey. And so I slowly put together a support system. But what I've come to learn and, and I, what I talk about in all my books is I had the beat cancer mindset. And the beat cancer mindset consists of a few things. Number one is you have to believe you can get well. That's where the whole thing starts. If the patient doesn't believe they can get well, it's, it's basically a non-starter, right? It's, it, they're very right. hard to help. They're very hard to help. So I believed I could get well and I wanted to get well and I wanted to live. And I, and I, I realized I have something to live for. So let me stop and, just for a second here. So I just wanna frame the rest of the discussion. We talked about this in the first podcast that Again, the, the problem with all chronic disease is that you're, you're exposed to sustained levels of inflammatory markers and elevated metabolism that destroys your own body and compromises your immune system. So whether it's mental, 
disease or physical disease, they're all the same thing. So the, the problem is sustained levels of inflammatory markers. And so you have the input or your environment, you have your nervous system, and then you have your body's physiology. And when you're sustained fight or flight or defensiveness, you can't heal. In fact, you're consuming resources to stay alive, which also compromises your capacity to fight off cancer cells. So where the diet part comes in, we go anti-inflammatory healthy diet, what you're doing, you're lowering the inflammatory, inflammatory markers in your body, which includes the nervous system. So again, you can increase the resiliency of your nervous system, which is exercise, diet, sleep, and a few other things. Then with the input, you can do things like expressive running, cognitive behavioral therapy, belief systems, et cetera, change the input. And both those affect, so again, when your stress is overwhelming, your nervous system's coping capacity, you go into fight or flight. So as we talked about in the first podcast, that hope is actually anti-inflammatory and belief is anti-inflammatory, but there's also another thing that's anti-inflammatory. And again, I'll send you this paper is a sense of control. So we know that a sense of control is also documented to actually directly lower inflammatory markers. So it's interesting that you came to these conclusions on your own. And the research, by the way, has been around for over 25 years. Somehow it hasn't penetrated mainstream medicine. So the stuff that we present on the back and control side is not new news. It's actually just taking deep data and bringing it into the clinical realm. And what you're doing, you came to your own pathway of figuring this out on your own, which I'm extremely impressed with. So I guess the question I have right this second is that people get cancer, they sort of want to live. And this is different than positive thinking. It's somehow connecting to a deep belief system that I want to heal, I can heal, I believe I can heal. So it's a deep sense of hope and control that are anti-inflammatory. So it's better. So people, because I had lots of cancer patients who go into this diet thing, they don't do very well because that's just one part of the cascade. So I'd like to explore with you a bit more is that, and we all sort of know we should eat better, et cetera, which is great. It's a huge part of the deal. And the better, the, the better you eat, the better. But what I'm really curious about is somehow you connected to a deep sense of belief that you could heal. So that's really a key factor in this healing process. I'm curious, what did that feel like? How did you do that? Or well, I think the, the belief that I could heal started with just finding one person who had healed. And okay. then I found another and another and another. And so that, that was the spark. Okay. And, and so then once I had this, okay, it's possible, right? right? It's possible. Other people have healed. I can heal. I can survive. Then that drove me. Uh, I had a practitioner ask me early in the process, she said, uh, do you want to live? And I was like, oh, I mean, it, it, it kind of took me off guard. And it was a really scary question because, you know, my mind was kind of racing and I'm thinking, I don't know, do I want to live? Do I have a secret death wish? You know, is that what has brought this cancer on? You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of playing through all these scenarios. And I realized in that moment that, wait a second, it, however I've been living up to this point, I can choose right now. Yes, I want to live, right? I can make this choice. I do want to live. And then I realized, what do I have to live for? And there were two things in my life. And this is, again, when I'm coaching patients or encouraging them, I mean, this is the first most important thing you've got to sort out is, do you believe you can get well? And I, and I try to help people believe because I'm, I've interviewed tons of people who've healed and, you know, I'm sharing science and all this great stuff to help foster that belief. But do you want to get, do you want to get well? Do you believe you can? And what do you have to live for? So for me, 
It was my wife and my parents. I'm an only child. And the thought of my parents and my wife, who I'd been with for six years, dated for, oh no, eight years, dated for six, married for two. The thought of them putting me in the ground was so just, I could not bear it. I could not bear that thought. And so I was like, I have to live for these people. I'm a really big deal to these three people. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 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 Maybe, right. maybe not to anybody else, but to those three people, I'm, I'm pretty important. And, uh, and so that, that sort of was solidified my, my determination. I have to live. Right. I no, want so to live I, and I have to live. I have to say one quick thing. So it's very fascinating because I know a lot of the neuroscience now. So Dr. Cole out of UCLA looked at social factors of inflammatory markers right at the genomic level, genetic, genetic expression of white blood cells. So people live a life of hedonic pleasure, pleasure for pleasure's sake. The inflammatory markers go through the ceiling. When you live wow. life with a sense of purpose and passion and connection, and again, I'll send you that paper also, the inflammatory markers go exactly straight down. It's not two different slopes of a curve. One goes straight up, one goes straight down. So that living so is powerfully anti-inflammatory to have life with a sense of purpose and hope. That's that's mind blowing. That's that's one of the reasons I I I love your work and and uh, am excited about my interview with you. And I want to interview you again and go deeper. But I didn't know that hope and having a sense of purpose and having a will to live and uh, having a sense of control. I didn't know that any of those things were helping me. Yeah, right. I, I didn't eat. I didn't eat right? until about two years ago. I had no yeah. Idea. I didn't know they were helping. I just I, knew, <clears throat> you know, they were, they were factors. That's all. Right. I didn't know they were actually helping me physiologically, right. but, but anyway, I, I wanted to live and I was willing to change my whole life. So this is another part of the beat cancer mindset is being willing to take full responsibility for your life and your health, right. be willing to do whatever it takes to get well. Right. Uh, and enjoying making a commitment or a decision to enjoy your life and the process. And so right. looking at it as an adventure, right? Not looking at it as, you know, you know framing your situations. This is it. Hey, this is a new adventure in my life, right? right. Not right. as like, oh, woe is me. I'm in the worst. This, my life's terrible now. This is awful. And wishing it was different constantly, right? right? Like you can't go back. And if you're focused on the past and wishing that, that things were the way that they used to be, you're only going to create more unhappiness and despair. And so, so those are the, the things that, again, I didn't realize this at the time, but after reflection, I was able to piece together that that not only was, were those the present factors in my life, the belief I could get well, willing to change my whole life, do whatever it takes, full responsibility, a commitment to enjoy the process, but that, those are the same common threads I've seen in every single person who has healed cancer against the odds. So I'm trying to keep a smile going too, too because we have to finish the announcement. I mean, finish the podcast here. But so the essence of healing from chronic pain, which is just one of many chronic diseases, is number one, taking control. That's why my book is called Back in Control, taking full responsibility at the deepest level, 100%. And then I keep asking this question and I have this earworm about this song. Um, Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. So, <laughs> Spice so, so, right. so, I mean, I, I look at people who are just woe well is me, et cetera. And I go, well, so the biggest problem as far as healing from chronic pain is not, it's not doable. It's that people just don't want to engage. They don't want to take responsibility for their care. And if you're in that mode, you're in a 
fight or flight response. It's inflammatory yeah. and you can't heal unless you take 100% responsibility. So anyway, every sentence you've said in the last 10 minutes has been dead on as far as healing from all chronic disease. Well, the all way, yeah, and the way I, I, I like to, I liken it is, is almost like the alcoholic. You have to admit you have a problem, right? right? And uh, in a lot of, I've counseled, you know, countless cancer patients and a lot of cancer patients don't want to change. Correct. Right. That's it. That's the core issue, right? They don't want to change their life. They just don't. And so I even heard a cancer patient one time say, and it was, oh, it was so deeply disturbing when I heard it. I'm not going to let cancer change me. That's and exact. I, the number one factor from healing from chronic pain is willingness to engage. That is it. Yeah. Once you decide to engage, it's just a matter of time and repetition. So this is a podcast you and I need to do probably when you hear this podcast again. There's a reason why people don't want to heal. There's a huge reason. It's about anger. Anger is destructive, including self-destructive. So the trouble is when you're angry, your physiology changes and your inflammatory cytokines in your brain take it from the thinking centers down to the survival centers. So you can't think clearly. So basically anger is destructive, including self-destructive. So that's why, so it's a basically a slow suicide. People actually don't want yeah. to heal because they're angry. Right. And, and, but the anger blocks the treatment because your brain's inflamed. You can't think clearly. So the symptom of the disease, i.e. an inflamed nervous system actually blocks the treatment. Yes. And, right. So that's a whole, I'd love to do this podcast with you because. Well, it, and that. Yeah. Yes. I, some, some people do have a secret death wish. They have a deep unhappiness and anger, resentment, bitterness, guilt, Chris, regret. I got, I got to stop you and say it's almost the majority of people do. It's actually more than half. I, I'm trying, it, I'm trying to be uh, uh, diplomatic and say right. some, but right. It, no, you're no. right. It, it is a lot of people. And so I want to, before we run out of time, I, I do want to share some of the practical things I did. So obviously I talked about changing my diet radically. And what happened is that actually unlocked something in my mind where I realized, wow, if I can change my diet this dramatically, what else can I change? So that started this momentum, right? It, it, you know, people think like, I can't change. They feel like they're in a rut. Right. And any change seems insurmountable or it seems overwhelming. And so the, the radical diet change, anyone can do overnight, right? right? It takes time to forgive. It takes time to remove stress from your life. You got to work through those kind of things. But the physical things that are really powerful, diet and exercise, right. uh, any person can do overnight. And so, of course, I started exercising because exercise strengthens your immune system. Right. It switches off cancer promoting genes. It switches on anti-cancer genes. Right. Um, I started detoxifying my house, right? Taking control of, you know, I, if, if there's any potential chemical toxin in my body care products, in my toothpaste, in my shampoo, my soap, my deodorant, I'm going to replace those with non-toxic brands. So I, right. I worked through that process of just let's, let's make sure there isn't anything in my environment that's a problem. You know, right. if you're working in a chemical factory, hey, you may need to think about getting a new job, right? Right. That's there's you're breathing toxic fumes or smoke or dust or whatever every day that could that could be making you sick. So right. it's like you don't want to overlook the obvious uh, environmental causes. So um, so I became very conscientious about uh, those factors. And then I moved into the mental, emotional and spiritual stuff, which we could call stress. Right. 
right? And I realized at first I didn't think I had a problem like the alcoholic, like, oh, stress, that's not my, I don't have a problem with stress. That's not it, right? It must right. be all the other things. It must just be the diet or whatever. I had a bad diet and, you know, whatever. But, um, but as I started to learn about stress and read and research and learn from really smart people and survivors, I, I came to understand that stress is a root cause of almost all chronic disease or arguably all chronic disease, because what happens is when you are in a state of stress, you are, you will find a way to self-medicate. So if you're deeply unhappy or depressed, if you're struggling with regrets and shame and guilt from your past, if you're holding on to anger and bitterness toward people in your past, if you're constantly worried about the future, or if in the present, your focus is on your problems uh, or jealousy or envy of people who you perceive as having a better life than you. These are all negative thoughts and emotions. Right. And so what you're going to do is you're going to find a way to relieve that stress. Well, how do we do that? We do it with overeating. We do it with uh, cigarettes, which are the number one cause of cancer. We do it with alcohol, another major cause of cancer. We do it with, um, uh, you know, gambling or uh, running up your credit cards or being a workaholic or, uh, or sex addiction, pornography. So all of these medications, self-medicating lifestyle behaviors, they compound the problem. They cause right. more stress and, and destroy your health. They don't right. do it overnight, right. but they do it over time. And so that was a huge epiphany to me because not, not only the part that you and I have talked about, the physiological impact that when you're in a state of stress, it suppresses your immune system and makes right. your body inflamed and right. you become susceptible to cancer and chronic you know, disease. But it's like, what, you know, how am I coping? So I realized, okay, I gotta, I gotta address my stress head on, right? I've got to forgive every person who's ever hurt me. That right. was sort of like step one. Like, right. and so over a, a period of time, I would just sit down and think through my life and let the, that, those painful memories come up, you know, kind of dig, you got to dig through the memory banks, right? Cause you got to, right. You got like a filing cabinet in your brain where you where you're keeping the painful memories and you never open them so i like i had to open that up and really think through just being a little kid on the playground and some kids are mean to me or whatever or having a girlfriend break up with me or having friends betray my trust or my parents let me down you know there's lots of examples and we all have them right and so one by one i chose to forgive every person who had hurt me by name right? For that instance, for that thing. And so I just have a very simple prayer. I just say, God, you know what they did? You know how I feel about it? Um, and, and I don't want to, but I'm choosing to forgive them. Right. And I'm letting it go and I'm giving it to you. Like they're all yours. I'm releasing them. I'm releasing the pain, right? I'm letting it go. Right. And I'm asking you to bless them. And I really don't want you to bless them, but I'm asking you to, because <laughs> right. I know it's good for me, right? I know I, it's part of the process. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm choosing to love my enemies. I'm choosing to pray for them and ask God to bless them. And so that just simple act, that simple little prayer of forgiveness is so 
powerful. It just, the weight comes off of you when you do it. And so, so I just got, you know, got on a tear, you know, just, for, I'm just going to forgive everybody. And so I just worked through that, all my, my painful memories and let them go. And just said, God, they're all yours. Like, I'm just not going to carry it anymore. And I'm going to be quick to forgive when people annoy me or frustrate me or hurt me in the past. I mean, you know, in the present. Right. And so that, that what I, that's what I like to call is exercising your forgiveness muscle. Right. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. And then right. you can live sort of a carefree slash stoic life where you're just not carrying this, these, this burden of pain when people upset you or let you down or hurt you unintentionally or intentionally. It's just uh, that I, I feel like bitterness and anger and resentment, which are all intertwined, they're sort of are the most destructive emotions. Uh, right. I, I mean, in, my, in this process we have called the doctrine is that 100% of the time when people deeply heal, it's always around forgiveness, 100%. You can get better without forgiveness, but you're not going to really heal. And of course, the irony is the more legitimate your anger, <clears throat> the harder to let it go, but it's still incredibly damaging. And so that's the paradox is, is hard to let go and being in this victim mode is something I'll never want to give up. And it's just an empirical decision you make day after day after day after day. It doesn't stop. I mean, you just, like you say, you made it again, your comments are so dead on. It's just, it's amazing to me. I love it. Is that, you know, it's just an ongoing learn skill. You learn to forgive every day it becomes a habit, becomes a muscle, becomes a reflex. But why do I want somebody who treated me badly to take away from the quality of the rest of my day? We, we know that intellectually, right. but we still hold on to it, right? Every second you spend holding on to anger takes away your capacity to enjoy your daughters, your wife, your life. So why do, why do I want to give power to that person? It's, we, do, we all do it. It's very we powerful. And again, that's the podcast I want to do with you next um, is about anger forgiveness, because that is the tipping point for healing. doesn't matter what the disease. So we are at a time, we obviously probably end up doing a few more podcasts here together because we just sort of just Sounds touched fun. the tip of the healing process. So um, I just want to summarize a couple of things. So uh, a friend of mine, Dr. Bernie Siegel, is uh, somebody who um, has written the book, Love, Medicine, and Miracles. Highly and recommended. Love, yeah. And so he, um, I'll probably, he'll probably want you on his podcast or, or I mean, good. Cause I've been wanting to interview him for years and I just haven't reached out. So that well, would be terrific. Yeah, I can, I can connect you with him. So he's wonderful. Um, so <clears throat> love and anger cannot exist in the same room at the same time. Can't, can't happen. And then there's a book called the way to love by Dr. Anthony DeMello, um, very famous book. And it's, and he defines love as awareness. And anger and awareness cannot exist in the same room at the same time. So your concepts are excellent. And I think you hit on a big one that I do want to talk about when we talk about anger forgiveness is that a lot of people don't want to heal. And the answer is, why is that? Well, if you're angry, you just don't care. And so that's our challenge. And we do, our endless challenge right now is, is, it's not that people don't want to heal. They can't actually access that part of their life because they're so hammered by anxiety and frustration. So their, their brain's actually inflamed. So we're challenged to find ways to actually calm down their nervous system enough so they can start to engage because anybody can heal. And the question is the challenge I have probably the rest of my life will be getting through to people who just don't want to heal. 
But it's not that they don't want to heal, they actually can't access that part of the brain, which is tragic, obviously. So, so Chris, wonderful interview and every sentence you said almost has deserves its own podcast. It's really <laughs> wonderfully insightful. I'm really excited Thank about you. this. So um, Chris, you've written three books. Do you want to um, just tell us really quickly how to access you in the three books that you have right now? Sure. So I, um, about six and a half years after my diagnosis, I started a website called chrisbeatcancer.com. And that was just me sharing my story and what I'd learned. And it grew to something much bigger than that. And I've interviewed a number of doctors and experts and survivors. And so it's become a, just a repository of hope and encouragement and empowerment for people who either are trying to heal cancer or chronic disease, or uh, just want to prevent those diseases. So that's the easiest place to find me. I wrote uh, my first book, Chris Beat Cancer, it was published in 2018 by Hay House. And that's, that's all the details of my story and everything I did to get well. And there's also a multi-chapter expose on the cancer industry and pharmaceutical industry, just so that a, a person can be aware of the perils and pitfalls uh, and make the best decision for them regarding treatment. Um, I should also mention, I have a free guide on my site. It's called 20 questions for your oncologist. Okay. It's a free download. There's a link to it on every page of chrisbeatcancer.com. It's very easy to find. And that uh, you will find invaluable. If you're a patient or a caregiver, um, you need to go through this 20 questions guide and ask these questions because the biggest problem patients have is they don't know what they're getting into and they don't know the right questions to ask and, and doctors are busy and they're not going to give you all the information because they've got 10 more or 15 more patients to see that day. Right. And uh, if you don't take the time to read and research and become your own advocate and, and an expert in your disease and an expert in the treatments they're recommending. You really have to, you, you got to spend some time to figure this out. Uh, otherwise you'll be rushed into things that you will probably regret. Um, but anyway, that's called 20 questions for your oncologist. It's free download on chrisbeatcancer.com. Then I've got two other books. Uh, Beat Cancer Daily is a daily reader. It's 365 days, one page per day of inspiration, encouragement, and practical action steps as you walk through the healing journey. Uh, that's just my way of encouraging you every day if you want that. And, uh, and then I have a new cookbook coming out on November 16th called Beat Cancer Kitchen. And that has the recipes that I ate, the food that I ate every day, the recipes I followed every day uh, to help my body heal and the way we eat now, it's all whole food, plant-based, delicious, full color uh, recipes and a full color cookbook. I'm really excited about it. And you also have a cancer coaching program called Square One. I do. Thank you. Yep. We have a program called Square One. That's uh, 10 modules. It's, a, it's basically a 10 hour uh, coaching program that anyone can um, access. It's, you can find that through the coaching link at the top of chrisbeatcancer.com. If you want to really go deep with me and this is, you know, Everything I would teach you if we spent 10 hours, you know, 10 one hour phone calls together, everything I would share with you is, is in this course. And uh, it's what I used to do with uh, patients one on one. And so we've got a huge thriving community, a private support group community of Square One members. Uh, and um, the program, we periodically put it online for free and, and uh, so people can get access to it and go through it for free. And uh, I've been able to share it with over a million people for free since 2017. So that's, that's a pretty good feeling. So I suspected this when I was in your podcast, <clears throat> and this is why I wanted to do my podcast so uh, badly, because essentially 
um, you covered my entire healing process for chronic pain. Everything you said is, is the essence of healing chronic pain. So um, it's not just a diet book. He just has every aspect of this chronic disease process covered. And Chris, I'm excited you're part of our um, work group that goes in, into the neuroscience of this because you'll just be blown away with the depth of, depth of neuroscience is, is supporting what you're doing. It's right there in front of us. I'm so, so Chris, excited. I've, I've, learned, I've learned a lot from you already in just this, this small amount of time we spent together. And it's just so, the, the, the most fun thing for me is, you know, I did all this stuff to get well. I had no science behind me, right? right. I didn't have any knowledge of science. I didn't have any access to, to science. I had, I was just going from book to book to book and hoping it, it, you know, that what I was doing would work <laughs> right. and believing that it would, believing and hoping it would, but it, but it all made sense to me. Um, but the exciting thing is when I started to talk about my story publicly and share what I'd learned, I realized I need to make sure I'm correct. Right. Right. And that's when I started to dig into nutritional science and, and, uh, and all this cool stuff. And then when you see, oh, this is validated, it's real, and you connect the dots that just lights me up. I mean, that's when I get excited to see that it's not just some harebrained theory or some quack idea, like, oh, there are really brilliant people who've already gone way a lot further down this road, you know, right? and mind-body medicine. Well, I'm impressed because when I was in chronic pain for 15 years, I had 17 different physical symptoms. I, I didn't know the science either. And guess what? I actually didn't figure it out. So I'm impressed you figured it out as quickly as you did because I actually muddled out of it by accident. And it took me 15 years to come out of it. And then it took me another five years to start figuring out what was going on. And I'll say just the last five years with the neuroscience behind it, I know exactly what happened and how I came out of it, but I didn't figure this out. And I got lucky to get out of it, totally lucky. And so I'm really impressed you took the time to figure this out relatively quickly. Of course you had a, a little more urgent, a little more urgency, <laughs> yeah. but I just, I just kept muddling and muddling and muddling for 15 years to figure this out. And that's where I think both of our approaches are helpful to people because we get to go through the process in a really deep, intense way. So well, I think that, I think the truth is simple. Yeah, really. I think truth is simple and lies are complicated. And, right. uh, the more, that we can help people gravitate towards simplicity, right? Just right. simple approaches to, to change their life and to live their life, to get the results they want to maintain health or restore health, uh, the better. And so, yeah, that's, you know, again, that's what I'm just constantly trying to do is refine and simplify and simplify and just, but at the same time, still bring in and, and, uh, illuminate myself and my audience. Uh, with all this just incredible science that that proves that the simple things really are the most powerful. Right. And, you, and as you know, I quit my surgical practice to actually bring the basic science into the real world because medicine right now, unfortunately, is just categorically ignoring the sciences right there in front of them. So let me just go down to a really simplistic final concept here is that the essence of healing any chronic disease, mental or physical, including cancer, is connecting to your own body's capacity to heal. People go, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, it's not psychological, it's physiological. You can directly affect how your body responds to the environment. You have control over that. And so when you engage in the tools, not, it's not just positive thinking, I can do it, I can do it. It's actually deeply connecting to who you are as a person, taking full responsibility for every aspect of your life. So you're connecting to your own capacity to heal. 
and anybody can do it. Everybody does it completely differently. In other words, your life is different than mine. So your pathway will be different, but the concepts are the same. And so the core concepts are creating a sense of safety versus ongoing stress and threat. And you can actually pull your body's physiology from fight or flight into safety. And you cannot heal in fight or flight because you're consuming resources to survive. And then in medicine, we're putting on more treatments that actually compromise your healing capacity. So you are the one that can heal yourself. And there's a bunch of ways of doing that. You do have to use techniques to get there. You can't just, I want to get better type thing. But you did make a really important point, And I still get back to this is that what do you want? Do you really want to live? I still think that's one of the most important things you said today is that you, you made a really distinct decision. Yeah, I, I, want to, I want to stick around. And again, we talked about my story on your podcast, but I had to make that same decision point in 2002. What do I actually want? And there, there's a tipping point right there also. So um, very excited about your story. Uh, I'm very excited you're still here to talk to us and a wonderful family and you're helping a lot of people. So we really appreciate your, your input. So thank you. David, thank you so much. It's, it's been a pleasure and uh, can't wait to talk to you some more. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to thank our guest, Chris Work, for being on the show today and for describing his journey of self-discovery and self-healing in his recovery from stage three colon cancer. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today, and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.